everyone. Welcome to a very special edition of The Film Room. We have with us a guest. Introduce yourself, guest. Hello, everypony. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, there's no introduction needed for our regulars. It's Thomas! Yes. Yep. Yay. Finally on for a good movie, though. I don't know. I mean, I still kind of think that uh, Brain Man was a pretty damn good movie. When it's all said and done. Maybe a very... Maybe a very difficult portrait of autism, but at least a good movie. Just problematic as all, as all shit, but good. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> we, we finally have made good on our promise. We have got him on for a good movie. And this is one that I can tell y'all a lot of podcasts have not covered. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's this was, to give some history for those not in the know, this was very controversial. Like, okay, we're covering Equestria Girls 1 and 2. The, the My Little Pony spinoff uh, direct-to-video direct movies. Although I saw the first two in theater. That is true. For events. Yeah. For those not in the know, uh, it's controversial because we're going into the human world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I know. I was also... Yeah, I have my uh, thoughts on that. Yeah. I do too. I have a lot of thoughts on it. Yeah, I think before that, I think I had said at some point, the words came out of my mouth, the second they introduce humans, I'm out. <laughs> and then they mm. did it. And it's like, well, shit, I don't want to be out. <laughs> yeah, especially because it was between three and four. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it, was, of seasons. it was early yet. So let's very much call Equestria Girls what it is. It was definitely them trying to go after the Monster High audience. Yeah. Yeah. Even though even though the DVD would uh, have it said that it was purely uh, Megan McCarthy's idea. Uh, I'm sure it was, but. <laughs> no, I, I, I firmly believe it was, hey, there's money trying to chase after the Monster High audience uh because th the thing is there's a lot of these movies the barbie movies the uh, uh let's see um the dc superhero girls movies which i've actually got a review of one of those movies up on the blog um i didn't like it very much i, I did not like it very much i actually found it very grating and i have not watched the other movies i don't know movies like this then for boys you've got stuff like the batman unlimited movies which I watched one of them. I tried to watch a second one, and I was like, that's it. I quit. Yeah, I think I remember you doing that. Yeah, it was like, I got five minutes in, and I was like, this is horrible. So these movies, they're toy commercials, but that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. My they're Little toy Pony. commercials. The original My Little Pony was a toy commercial, and yep. this one is a toy commercial, just with more story at Lauren, at Lauren Faust's insistence. Yeah. <laughs> With a better I mean, story. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Marvel Superheroes Secret Wars was a toy commercial, literally. I say this as I'm as I'm staring at my shelf that's at least one third full of My Little Pony toys. Yeah, <laughs> but let's kind of all discuss our knowledge of the series because I'm kind of the odd man out on this cast. I have seen a few episodes. I've read some of the comics. I like what I've seen. Mm -hmm. Not a huge fan. Not a huge fan just not something i got into uh y'all are a little bit different yes yeah. we are certified bronies we're card carrying i mean not literally but you know yeah albert when did you start 
getting into the series. Back in 2011, uh, okay, my now ex uh, sent me a link to the first episode and said, "Try it." And I'm like, "Okay, I suppose." Like I'd seen like the memes online, I was kind of intrigued as to how this can be a thing. And uh, I just remember a conversation before that of uh, you like sending me a thing that said, "Do you believe that this is a subculture?" I'm just like, no, I cannot. This is interesting. And uh, then I watched like the beginning of the first episode. It's like, oh, interesting. It's yeah, certainly story. Like it's because the first episode begins. Well, every every episode of the show has a cold open, but this one is like the prologue to the whole series. And it's like, oh, okay. And then it started with the theme song, and then I turned it off. I'm just like, I can't. <laughs> and then yeah. I, I went back to it, and 11 episodes later, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm a brony. Yeah. I will say, I've watched the documentary on the subject, which is very good. The documentary is which, very good. Which has my name in the credits. Yes, it does. It does. Uh <laughs> I'm still proud of that. Yeah, it's a good documentary. It's a very good documentary. Um, nothing. So I've got nothing negative about that. Uh, Thomas, what's your history? Uh, mine actually starts uh, in uh, right around Easter of 2012, where McDonald's had their My Little Pony toys as Happy Meal toys. So my mom went through the drive-thru and got them as a gag gift for my youngest brother Mm -hmm. and after he said he didn't want i I just kind of snatched them up thinking oh you know whatever and then i found uh both seasons on on youtube and i just started binge watching those through the summer and i'm like yep i i fell in oh yes the days when you could openly watch my little pony episodes on youtube it's not. It's not bad. It's. It's really not a bad show. I, I. I've liked what I've seen. It's just that you know, I have so much stuff that I'm into that some stuff just falls by wayside. It's like Doctor Who for me. Right. It's not yeah. bad. I've liked what I've seen, but I just didn't get into it. So, I admit that I came at these movies with a bit of a disadvantage. Um. So, I'm gonna let y'all go into the plot and all that of the uh, of these two movies. To be clear, there are four movies. We just watched. I just watched two. And there are and there are a series of TV specials that are coming out right now. The first of which I've seen, and I like. I've I'm behind on the show by like a season and a half. I'm behind by mm. a season, uh, which yeah. I'm trying to catch up on. Uh, so, which is a shame because that means that I'm missing uh, the Pat Oswald episode. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta get to the Pat Oswald episode. It is amazing. Oh god, his bit on the show is just genius. Yeah, that's on the that can be seen on the Netflix special "Talking for Clapping." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's great. Star Wars was my first and final realm. This, you know, that thing where it's a it's a thing you get into so that you know the whole world as if you live in it. Like I knew all of the connections and the you know back and forth. You know what my daughter's big thing is now? My Little Pony. My Little Pony. She loves it. She watches it every day. She knows the whole world. So that's her thing. I don't have time. I don't have time for that stuff anymore. Quite frankly, I'm not saying this 
in any kind of judgmental way, but I'm raising a family. I'm pursuing a career. I have to do adult things now. I can't absorb another fucking realm. That's up for her to do. That's her with her little, she watches her show, her little cartoon pony show every day. I kind of watch my little pony. Yes, I, I see the same thing in her eyes that I had when I discovered Star Wars. So I leave her to her thing. And good, I've passed on the torch. I've passed it on. And she can watch, you know, the Adventures of Twilight Sparkle and Twilight Sparkle. Well, she starts off in the series. She's working for Princess Celestia. Twilight Sparkle's a unicorn. There's three kinds of ponies in, in the, there's unicorns, there's Pegasi, and there's earth ponies. And Twilight Sparkle is a unicorn and she has a pet dragon named Spike who, of course, as dragons, he eats jewels. They all eat jewels. She gets sent down to Ponyville because she's working as a librarian. She, Princess, Princess Celestia wants, okay. Princess Celestia wants Twilight Sparkle to learn the ways of Ponyville. So she goes down there and she becomes friends with Pinkie, Pinkie Pie and Applejack, who are both earth ponies. And, and, uh, and then, of course, there's Rarity, who's another unicorn, uh, and then, um, uh, Rainbow Dash and Fluttershy, who are Pegasi. Rainbow Dash and Rainbow Dash and Fluttershy are, have kind of a fraught relationship because, you know, Fluttershy doesn't can't really hit the speeds that that Rainbow Dash can, and she, Rainbow Dash has got to, you know, seed the clouds so that the the Earth ponies, especially the uh, Applejack, can grow the food that, of course, they eat in Ponyville. So <laughs> they, and then of course, and then oh my God, then. Rarity's little sister, Sweetie Belle, and Applejack's little sister, Apple Blossom, and Twilight, uh, uh, not Twilight Sparkle, sorry, Rainbow Dash's little sister, Scootaloo, they don't, they're called the Cutie Mark Crusaders because they don't have their cutie marks yet. All the ponies in Ponyville have cutie marks that show like what their thing is. Like Pinkie Pie's is like a little party thing. She plans parties, but they don't have their, they don't have their symbols yet. So who, who knows what it's gonna be, right? Although I just saw the episode where they got theirs. I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it yet, but they figured out what their key mark is. It's really cool, so. But anyway, look, that's my daughter's thing. I don't fucking know. That's, you know, whatever, have fun. Oh yeah, and uh, Fluttershy's family has now been fully introduced, so is Rainbow Dash's, and there was recently an episode on the Apple Parents. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I don't know whether they're going to confirm the Applejack's parents are definitely dead theory, but I'm assuming so. They've only hinted at it. But anyway, we're getting into the nitty-gritty of the show. We, yeah. Uh, broad strokes, broad strokes. But anyway, um... So yeah, there are four of these, and there are currently some TV specials out there. Great. I haven't seen the fourth one. I've seen the one through... I own one through three. Basically, Twilight discovers a mirror to the human world uh, by way of one of its inhabitants coming through and stealing her crown. She has recently become a princess, uh, Twilight has. Yes, this takes place immediately after the season three finale. Yes. Yeah. So the kind of her arc is, you know, after you know after she's become an Algorn, another controversial. Like, yeah. Yeah. I just remember going to Midwest Brony Fest the first year, uh, and then going to it the next year, and thinking this one this fest should be titled one one Alicorn some humans later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So it's and it's discovered like she Twilight goes in after along with Spike who turns into a dog. Uh, don't ask, just go with it. Yeah, <laughs> that's most of what this movie kind of is. Just don't ask, just go with it. It turns out that the person who stole it is named Sunset Shimmer, and she's actually from the Pony World, but she went to the, she was like the Celestia student before Twilight, and uh, only she was impatient and turned evil. Yeah, yeah. So she wants. This is a weird movie. It is a very strange movie, mm-hmm. and most of it has to do with. Twilight adjusting to being human and like the plot does move along but it doesn't really get into the really like it it goes uh you can't see but if it was a if it was a graph the needle would go up very slowly and then around the third act it would spike yeah lol <laughs> it'll <laughs> spike but yeah, yeah. It, it ramps up very quickly oh yeah, yeah. I I sent y'all a message in the third act going, WTF? Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah Wait, when, what is yeah, going on? I saw that you uh, sent that. I'm like, yep, he's at that part. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like, I yep. love that y'all could have just safely guessed exactly what was going on. Because yeah. for the first two acts, it's mean girls, but with p- weird colored people. Yeah. And then for the third act, it's Carrie. <laughs> Well, the third act is more of like Carrie mixed with Buffy. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. you have like that whole Hellmouth thing going on. It gets weird in the third act. Uh, and honestly, entertain. Honestly, it gets quite a bit more entertaining for my money. Yeah. In the third act. Because up until then, it's basically kind of like the Bratz movie where there's this idea that it was like, well, they were all friends until so- society tore them apart. Right, or in this case, yeah. Sunset Shimmer, as they yeah. figure out. Yeah. It's like, I have seen this plot a million times before. Yeah. Except now, they're supposed to be human equivalents of horses. Yes. This is weird. Human equivalents of horses with their same color scheme, too. Yeah, so. that's weird. Yeah, and if you really think about it, it's like the human equivalent is still based around horses because there's a horse like their whole school is horse themed and uh they're just a bunch of things so it's it's like the pony universe is the prime universe and this human universe is just the offshoot of that which is the truth here but it's but yeah everything it's revolves weird. around horses. it is very yeah. strange when you really knuckle down and think about it uh, and I think that's really what underlines the idea that, oh, this was a toy commercial because they can't have the toys being human colored. Right. They and, want them to still be easily differentiated as the ponies for the toys. Yes. And they're, and they're, uh, and they're anthro furries. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what their magic powers turn them into. They get the horse ears, they get the tails. Um, they get the magic powers. It's weird, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a weird mix of Carrie, Buffy, Sailor Moon, and Captain Planet all in one. Yes, by your powers combined. Yes. Um, <laughs> but here's what I here's what I posit um, is the problem with the first uh, two acts. Uh, you know, 
the the first Star Trek movie, Star Trek the Motion Picture. Yes. Yeah. It has kind of the same problem with that. Like that is kind of regarded as one of the worst ones just because it's very slow and very deliberate and very like all this stuff. And that's mostly for the fans' sake of they're used to seeing it on they've seen the episodes over and over and over, you know, on a small screen, on a small scale, not with a big budget. Like, this is kind of the same budget as the TV show. Like, it's the same level of animation. Um, yeah. Because it's the director video. Uh, unlike the movie that's coming out in four months, holy crap. Which, <laughs> well, looks, which looks lovely. The animation looks uh, nice there. Yeah, it looks... It's overwhelming to the senses. It's so great. Uh, but anyway... They went all out. It took three years to make. But anyway, I posit that that was, like, you know... The first shot of that film is, like, the Enterprise going across the screen for, like, ten minutes. Which they anticipated would be, like, Trekkies cheering because they, they're geeking out because they get to see the Enterprise slowly coming going across a huge screen. But uh, removed from that, it doesn't really translate. This is, yeah. this is the same thing. It's fans of the show getting used to this world. Ironically... Ironically, it was the Star Trek movie that was produced by the TV division <laughs> that wound up being the one that everyone loved. Exactly. Like the, because yeah, Wrath, Wrath of Khan. Because Wrath of Khan, yeah, was produced by the TV division. Interestingly enough, Wrath of Khan is the only one of the original series movies that I've actually seen in the theater because I saw it at a screening. Let me tell you something. Low budget or not, that movie looks absolutely incredible in theaters. Because if anything, if anything, the low budget makes the tight spaces it makes the tension ratchet up oh my god wrath of wrath of khan is so good i get distracted but you're right actually and i think that's i think you're right it's very much they're setting up this world and that makes me think of a movie that didn't have to do that and that's the avengers yeah yeah avengers was able to go bam 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 it's like okay here's a shot of iron man you know who iron man is Here's a shot of Black Widow. You know who Black Widow is. Here's Loki. Here's Thor. Here's Captain America. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah, that's one that uh, yeah that assumes you've you've done the uh, uh, the required reading. And this one did not assume that, which was nice for me because I hadn't done the required reading. Mm-hmm. But it really results in it because this is only a seventy-one minute movie. Yeah. yeah, but it really because I watched this and the, the second one right back to back. Like I literally watched them in one sitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it surprisingly it did not come to feel all that epic. But really, the first one it is so much legwork. It is so much world building, but it's kind of a half-assed world. If I'm honest, it's not. I don't feel like in the first movie they went far enough in creating a different world. It felt more like, oh, well, they're just humans. It's, it's the same world, but uh, transposed to high school. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a high school alternate universe. Yeah. I it, don't want to say, like, fanfic, but it mm-hmm. it had some of that going on. I'm just going to be honest when you, I've seen fanfics that didn't better. Yeah, it's especially when you look at... Uh, What's-his-face, Flash Century and his character design. Oh, God, a lot of people. Oh, God. Uh, oh, okay, can th- we talk about the character design as a whole? Because, my 
God. Can I tell my old story first? About okay. Flash Century? My experience in the theater? Okay. Yes. <laughs> it goes into a few things, but we will get right back on track with that. Uh, his, his initial name before knowing that his name was Flash Century by the fandom was Brad. For whatever <laughs> reason. He uh, looks like a Brad. Yeah. He does. He does. And a lot of people did not like him uh, because Twilight was their waifu, which makes me gag. Um, God get help. Yes, exactly. So yeah, in the trailers, he like he's like, who is this girl going after Twilight? So during the movie, I was in the theater, full theater. There were like families in the theater. There were like at least one half, if not a third, if not one half of the theater were kids. Uh, in theater, uh, there's a part where Flash Sentry asks Twilight to the dance. And Twilight considers for a second before remembering something and going off. But I heard somebody in the silence go, don't do it. I wanted to turn around and say, shut the fuck up, you loser. Get help, man. Like, no, stop. This is a fictional character. She has her own autonomy. <laughs> Fuck off. Um. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, guys that get guys that get jealous of fictional men. I That's oh, pathetic. she's a horse. It's she's pathetic. a horse. It's like pathetic. I can't get over this. I know. She's a horse. I see. She's supposed to be a teenage girl horse too. This is just all Ew. wrong and dirty. I know. God, I see people with like, f- like real pictures of them with like, photoshopped in. Like I'm going to the prom with Fluttershy. It's like no, you're not. You're going to the prom with nobody. <laughs> it's like and you're probably uh, not going to the prom anyway. Right. <laughs> exactly. And it's like no, I. Just... <laughs> anyway yeah that's a whole other thing but yes let's let's talk about the character designs it's not very good, anorexic anorexic yes. yeah God, because no. clearly in in the equestrian universe you know there are different pony body, body types. types yes exactly yes uh there there's mostly like there's mostly the standard, um, yeah. which is why it's so easy to make OCs. Um, yeah. I have a couple, but there's also, like, you know, troubleshoots in the show uh, is, like, the biggest design they have. Like, he's kind of a full-size horse, and there's also the princesses. There's also, like, Mr. and Mrs. Pie. They're, they're very, very... Or Mr. and Mrs. Cake. Excuse me. Uh, it's... I need to yeah. I need to catch back up. Uh but anyway, yeah, they're very unique designs. Yeah, but the thing is they clearly have meat on their bones, which right. the humans don't have. Exactly. They're dolls, man. Yeah, and to see, you know, Twilight on these spindly legs. No wonder she her, has trouble walking on them. <laughs> yeah. Her spindly legs and her twig like arms, I'm like uh, <laughs> you you yeah. couldn't at least get a little bit more, you know, a more realistic body form, and that 
And I know that's stretching a bit since they're all well colored differently. Think of it this way. People have been trying to uh, get Barbie to have a re- more realistic body for like decades now. Yeah. That ain't happening. Yeah. I think at one point they did kind of, but still. This is just, I don't know. The, the designs here, they're not. They're just not good. I mean, yeah. I'll be, I'll be honest. The animation really did not wow me, even in the slice. And it's a shame because I actually usually like the animation on the show, but it's because you have more in- interesting things to look at. The horses are interesting to look at. These characters are hideous. The other, yeah. The, the not other... to mention like Fluttershy humans' introduction. Like some of her poses where she is like looking. You know, has like those puppy dog eyes or whatever. I'm like that. I know that look. That's fetish fuel for some people. Yeah, um, yeah. Oof. And I'm, I'm just like, ugh, nope, 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 yeah. nope, 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 the, nope. The other thing about the, uh, just a note about the show animation. Um, it was around that time, like a, between, well, it's actually like a year later, maybe around the time of Rainbow Rocks and. Uh, friendship games uh, between seasons three and four, fans started coming out with their own animations that uh, were way better than the show animation. So, so the producers, the animators, kind of looked at those and went, "We need to step up our game." So, yeah, from season four onward, the animation just keeps going up. Like the quality, uh, like the uh, the. Like keyframe poses are a lot more cartoony, and you can tell yeah. that they kind of go go more off the storyboards. Uh, yeah, and it's way well, more entertaining. That, yeah, and that might be since, uh, well, when season four started, uh, Jim Miller took over. That's true. I've met Jim Miller. I think we both so have. have. I. He's a great guy. Absolutely. I, I just yeah. I, I just. Again, I just I, feel like I've the... got a picture of him and I together that I'll need to link oh, to you guys at some point. <laughs> yeah, I do. I just, okay. I just, I will say I really preferred the Equestria sequences in this movie, big time. Yeah, because because again, there was just more for me to look at, and again, I just found the plot of this movie familiar, familiar. It just, I, I, I couldn't escape that. Um, and I'm trying to be fair to this movie because, again, I am so not the target audience for this movie. I don't even begin to enter the target audience for this movie. Technically, we aren't either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but you're fans of the show, so you're closer to it. Right. As I said, I thought when it went off the rails in the third act, then I got really involved, though. Yeah, but the... this movie was kind of more or less a fan service for... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, not fan service in the anime sense of fan service. But, right, yeah. right. But just more uh, catering to the fans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's I, just it. So much of that was lost on me, is the thing. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, like, yeah. you have, you know, short little sequences with the, you know, Trixie at the vending machine or how. Okay, I got that one because I'd seen that episode. Yeah. That was or, like, actually. Have snips and. Uh, Snips and Snails are the uh, sidekicks for uh, Sun Sunset Shimmer instead of Trixie yeah. in this universe for some reason. I loved that Trixie bit. 
Yeah. Yeah, that was actually funny. But again, that's because that's one of the only jokes that I actually got. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, the... There was also, uh, and this is where I had trouble trying to figure out what exactly this school was. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cutie Mark Crusaders are students. Yeah. But in Equestria, their school is more of like a... Right. How would you describe it? It's because it's clearly not high school. I I guessed it was kind of a junior high combined with a high school, and they were in like the junior high section. That that was my yeah. interpretation. In that's okay. in the stretching sh- a bit. In the show, yeah. well, the whole thing is stretching a bit. Uh, the sh- that's exactly that's the problem. <laughs> the show. They are clearly in elementary school, and the main six are clearly adults. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, so this is kind of a compression of ages. Uh, yeah. See, I yeah. think you're just hitting the nail on the head there. I just, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, it feels like they didn't really think this universe out that well. And and again, that really supports my idea that, as I said, it's a, it's a toy commercial. Yeah. But, yeah. So... I don't know what else to say about the first movie. Yeah, because I actually have a lot more to say about the second movie, because I liked the second movie a hell of a lot more, actually. Oh, yeah. 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 It... I think what we need to acknowledge is that the first movie was clearly made with the knowledge that they were going to do more movies. Right. Which yeah. is usually what they do with the direct-to-video movies. I've noticed it's very rare that they'll just do one movie. The deal tends to be two or three in a row. Uh, you see that a lot in the DC animated movies where you'll get two or three movies in one line. Um, they've kind of, they kind of did that with the Teen Titans animated movies, uh, which uh, they've kind of been doing that, you know, with the Batman unlimited movies, they've got three or four going uh, though. Again, I don't recommend those even in the least. They've got like two Bat- or three. Justice- Batman 66. Yeah. Batman 66, which sadly will be, they might have been planning more, but they're sadly limited to two. Yeah, once Adam West is gone, you can't really... You you yeah. can't do it, because the, piece, the, the point of it is the joy of hearing West do the character again. Mm-hmm. But, by the way, I'm so glad that we have that to look forward to in the fall. Yeah. I can't... It's, I can it's, it's fitting that it was one of the last things he did. Yeah, it's like, let it let let his last work that, that we see be... Him as Batman, because mm-hmm. again, y'all, we we noted this when we did the episode. Return of the Cape Crusaders was just an insane amount of fun. Marvelous. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it occurs to me, by the way, that this movie does have one thing in common with the Killing Joke. Oh, boy, there's Tara something Strong. I never thought I would. Yes, uh, yes, yes. She's better in this. <laughs> I don't know. She was almost good enough to redeem her sections in the Killing Joke. Yeah, um, it's 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 notable also with the casting uh, of this one. That yay! Beginning of talking too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> getting there. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's uh, notable the casting on this one. Uh, the main six have four voice actresses. There are only two of them that voice like single characters Tabitha the Saint Germain uh voices Rarity uh Tara Strong is Twilight Ashley Ball is both Rainbow Dash and Applejack and 
Uh, Andre Lidman is both Peaky Pirate and Flareshy, but three of them have like specific scene voices. Rarity has Kazumi Evans, whom I met. She's really nice. I met most of them, actually. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, and... Or it's Kazumi Evans... I think he... No, that's another one. Anyway, so Rebecca Shoikit is Twilight Scene voice, and she is here starring... In a starring role as... Uh, I get her and Starlight Glimmer mixed up now because it's basically the same name. Sunset Shimmer. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. They're all variations of the same name, which is part of the point. But anyway... A side story, last year at Midwest Brony Fest, the last Midwest Brony Fest, sadly, Tablet St. Germain was one of the guests. <laughs> if wow. You, if you've never, like, seen her, she is amazing. I actually have a bit of art that she gave me of Rarity. Oh, wow. Yeah, I had her sign the paper, but she's like, do you want one of the things? I'm like, sure. Which one would you like? I'm like, that one. She's like, yeah. I had I commissioned that... She's like, that's my favorite also. I commissioned that as like a uh, tribute to Indian bus art. It's like, that's amazing. Um, wow. Yeah. So uh, somebody during one of the panels flat out asked her. I'm not sure if this part's going in the cast. It might. Uh, flat out asked her why she doesn't sing for Rarity. <laughs> wow. I don't think she does sing. <laughs> after after a slight hesitation, she said, Well, I tried <laughs> to sing for Rarity, but then they said that my uh, singing in the, my Rarity voice was too sexy. Ooh. <laughs> like, well then, yeah. That... Well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see it. What's funny is I can hear it and I can see it. Oh my. <laughs> I know. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yes. One of the main casting things in this movie that's kind of a treat is that uh, Twilight singing voice Rebecca Shoikit uh, is... Uh, Sunset Shimmer. Sunset Shimmer, yes. Yeah, I noticed that in the casting, which is funny because Strong has actually been a singing double for a bunch of other people. She has. So I think it's kind of funny that she was, uh, yeah, she employs the, one here. The the, the only reason that she is not uh, a singing voice on the show is that she is kind of the odd person out on the cast and that she's in L.A. and the rest of them are up in Vancouver. Ah. And, yeah, and... Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, that... So for her to like get the songs down, that would require her to work closely with, uh, uh, yeah, with that, the that makes sense. That makes songwriter. sense. Yeah. Da uh, Although she, though she is a native Canadian, actually. Oh, she is. Yeah, she is. She is. Huh. Interesting. Yep. Yep. So let's with the singing. Let's shift over to uh, Rainbow Rocks. Um, yeah. One footnote before uh, we move on. There are six songs. And uh, uh, the first one, and the most notable one is the cafeteria song. Yeah. And that's about it. The rest are just yeah. kind of, they're okay. I didn't like any, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I didn't like any of the music in any of it, so. Oh, 
in either? I just didn't. No, I oh. really didn't. I really didn't. But oh. it's not my kind of stuff. That's the thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess yeah. it's, it's I suppose it's something you have to get acclimatized to. Exactly. And I yeah. just didn't Yeah. I thought the but but I did think but I still thought that the second movie was quite a bit better. Mostly because they already had the uh, they already had the setup out of the way, so yeah. they could just move on and tell a story. Damn it! And that's what they did. Yeah, and I thought the the villains for the second one were amazing. Yeah, yeah. The villains for this one are sirens, and they're quite and it's quite a bit darker too. Yeah, yeah. they kind of they essentially uh, uh, steal souls. Yeah, that was dark. <laughs> I mean, again, that makes sense if you're going after the Monster High audience, right? To go a little bit darker, but yeah, it gets a little, it gets quite horror themed at times. I mean, with the the third act, the tone of the Lola, Lola, the tone of the third act is pretty much of the first movie is pretty much the tone of the entire movie for the yeah. second movie. Yeah, pretty much. Rather. Well, there's very little Equestria in this movie. Just like one quick shot. Yeah. When when you get to the third one, there is absolutely no Equestria. I'm aware. I'm aware. And I think that's probably a smart idea. F- slowly fritter it away. Um, let it spin off and have its own identity. But, uh... From the third one on, because, uh, you know, jumping, jumping to the end of this one, there is a... Uh, there's a Nick Cage-like post-credit sequence with the Twilight from their world. And, of course, she's obsessed bum, with science. Bum, bum. Yes. bum, bum, bum. So, so pretty much from then on in the Equestria Girls series is just all, like, uh, Twilight is science Twilight. It's the Twilight from their world. And Spike can also still talk for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> they, they come up with an excuse for that. Okay. You know what? There, there's a blue person in this movie. I'm willing to accept anything. <laughs> there you go. That and the fact that Principal Celestia can still get away with that kind of haircut in a person of that position. That's yeah. True. Yeah. I, I thought the second one was, I don't know, because it was kind of a weirder story, because it was, you know... <sighs> I mean, it's still very much very familiar. This is still the basic Battle of the Bands story that we're all pretty much accustomed to. Yeah. We've seen this story a million times before. But but it was it was weirder. There, there was a, a little bit more of a strange energy to it. It definitely felt a little bit more Buffy than it did Bratz, if you will. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I just I just love the moment where uh, they go into the cafeteria and like, yeah, we're going to stop you. Everybody lock hands. We're gonna engage the elements of harmony, and then <laughs> nothing happens. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. It, it's it's cute. It's cute. It, it it's it's cute. Um, yeah. yeah in this there's... movie, they just they discover that when they sing, they uh, all they, transform into their they transform into furries. Furries. Their anthro forms. Yeah. Because that's the thing that happens. I mean, I feel like that's kind of the best way of describing the logic in these movies is yeah. that's a thing that happens. That's a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's like, but the sure. second one, there's a much better music and much better humor here. 
Yeah, the yeah. humor is much stronger in the second one. I, I thought. Mm-hmm. I also thought the character arcs were a little bit better because Sun, Sunset Shimmer does have more of a story in that it's like, okay, now she's getting accustomed to being a human and to having yeah. friends. Yeah, and, and struggling with self doubt. It's that's that's a yeah. No, nobody trusts her still now. Like except for her core her core friends, who still on some level don't trust her that much. I mean, right. that's a story. The thing is, yeah. that's at least a story. That's something I can recognize. That's a plot. Um, mm-hmm. Voice work is really good here. Voice work is really good here. Um, yeah, and there's there's still plenty of. Uh, Fandering, as it were. Yeah. Absolutely. Why isn't Especially... that a term that has been used before? Fandering? I don't know, because fan service at this point has become uh, synonymous with panty shots. <sighs> yeah. yeah. But this <laughs> one of the one of the jokes in episode one hundred, <laughs> Austin. If you want to just plunge yourself into a world of My Little Pony that you will not understand at all. Watch episode 100, Slice of Life. Absolutely. Is, I'm sure. Is the most amazing episode if you are a diehard fan. That's <laughs> like, yeah. okay. I could... <laughs> there's one I, point. I have in... comics I can tell y'all to read that would absolutely baffle you, so I understand. Yeah, yeah. There's one point where they literally jump a shark. Uh, there's one, there's like a panda bug thing. It has a ring around its tail. Panda ring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. So yeah, it's it's glorious if you're yeah a fan and if you're privy to most of like the fandom things. Uh, but mm-hmm. anyway, that's an aside. This, this I did not feel like I had any real okay. I have no idea. I mean, it's just I didn't right. I didn't get the fan service. I got like some of it I knew via cultural osmosis. Like I'd seen references to it online. Right. So, like, I got the jokes about Pinkie Pie's sister when she showed up. Maud, yes. Yeah. And that was a nice moment. That was a nice laugh. And, um, her, and her pit rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> which would be which would be out of place if we didn't have a phenomenon like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just... But I, I got some of those jokes. Um, right. I don't know. I, I I liked this one a little bit more. I didn't like it so much that I immediately threw on the third one, and I don't even know if I'm going to. But it did at least have a clearer story. It's the comfort of now that we've got the setup out of the way, we can keep going. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. These are not deep movies, y'all. These are these are some of the shallowest movies we've ever covered, and we've covered Cool Cat. <laughs> I think what's really funny about the second one is uh, the whole MacGuffin of the first one is they have so long before the portal between the worlds closes, uh, and yeah, like it's and it's like one of those planets aligning type of things to where it's not going to happen for maybe another year and a half or so. Um, yeah, but even though it really only takes place over the, over the course of a week or so. Yeah. Right. And that's... So, of course, the question becomes, how are you going to write yourself out of that to where you can do a second one where Twilight comes back? Uh, they figured it out. Yeah. But it's kind of like... It's kind of like what they did with Thor in uh, the uh, second Avengers movie, where it was like... Exactly. In the first Avengers movie, where it was like, how did they figure it out? They just did, okay? Right. 
they scienced like, and magic their way out of it. Like, literally, they don't even come up with an answer that's satisfactory to the audience. It was, he's here, got it? <laughs> exactly. I, I love it when they do things like that for sequels, where it's like, we're going to take something off the board you know is on the board. Like, <laughs> oh, I don't know, the major character in Justice League that they killed right. in Batman versus Superman. Not spoiling it for those that haven't seen it. But it was one of those things where it was like, you're going to write yourself out of this, I know. Mm-hmm. But why did you do that? Um, yeah. They're, 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 it is funny that they just really, they just completely overwrite that there. It's like, look, we found a way, okay? Exactly. We Sci- found a way. Science and magic the shit out of it. <laughs> Here's the thing. These movies are shallow and they're thin, but they are fun. Yeah. I did really enjoy watching them. I mean, even if I didn't think they were all that good, I enjoyed watching them. Because they were fluffy, they were light, they were silly. And I could tell that they were trying to respect the fan base, not, mm-hmm. you know, not, like they were trying to respect the fans, rather than, you know, rather than being awful and, you know. Right. There was that obvious element of, we're trying to do something that the fans will enjoy. Mm-hmm. Something, and I, I, I got that. I got that energy from it. Um that I'm not in the fan base and didn't get the references did make it a little difficult for me, but I don't know. Something like this is at least entertaining. I'm at least, I was at least entertained by it. Also side note. I love when somebody asked whether it was going to be, uh, in the show. Uh, and they said no. And he appears in the fourth season and like says one line and then fans lost their shit. It's like, uh, I thought it was funny. It's like, grow up. Exactly. It's like, well, they were in the Crystal Kingdom, and they needed, like, a generic guard to announce something, so why not just have it be him? Yeah. <laughs> I, I swear, these, these are the kinds of people that make me despise fandom. I know. I know. <sighs> uh, but, I mean, uh, but I, I did like at least, I at least liked that this was... Again, it was cute. It wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Lola in five years, it'll be the kind of thing I'll play for her, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, if anything, mm. for me, I, I just kind of watched these initially out of morbid curiosity. Right. But, I mean, I, mean, I know they're not not for me. I'm, I'm well outside the uh, target demographic, but... right. If you're going to kill an hour, I mean, it's yeah. one way to do it. Really, honestly, would I rather watch these versus the Batman Unlimited movies, which I, you know, I'm theoretically more inclined to being in the target audience for. Yeah, I'd rather watch this any day because this was at least fun. It was at least silly. It was at least cute. And I laughed a couple times. Yeah, I would rather watch this over that any day because th- this was at least cute. Did these belong in a theater screen? Hell no. But they weren't made for it. Uh, again, I, th- I think it's funny that, uh, Albert, you saw them there. Yes. <laughs> but they're not they're not made for that. Uh, they're not designed for it. Um, whereas, I, whereas I do think that a lot of the DC animated movies do belong there. But again, I didn't ever feel... I didn't ever feel... Like, they didn't seem to have the short attention span theater that some of the kids' animated movies that I've seen have. Where it's like we assume that we assume that you're 
a dullard. Um, the because uh, there were at least some character beats, especially in the second one. Mm-hmm. Like you know, there's the scene where sunset sunset shimmer. Boy, that's hard to say. Yeah, sunset shimmer talks about her, you know, discomfort with her world and. You know, it's a sweet scene, and it actually goes for a couple of minutes. They actually let it breathe. I liked that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or even just like that that calm moment in the, like in the, the kitchen during the slumber party between Twilight and Sunshine, where yeah. it was kind of a tease, maybe? I, I don't know if I'm reading too much into that, but just, uh, yeah. it was, but just it was, you know, the two of them just talking about about things that's and... what i was talking about that's what i was talking about yeah that's yeah. the scene i was referencing because that's a good scene it's yeah there's some character there's some there's some story there's there's some actual poignance i i i respect that these movies had that i respect that they took the time i could i felt like someone cared is what it comes down to no this is not something that i would have normally been inclined to watch but i at least respected that someone tried because I've seen these where they didn't try the superhero girls movie. I didn't feel like anybody tried. I didn't feel like anybody tried on that. I felt like they came up with the most generic, boring story they could. And it was just, I didn't care. Like when that one was, because that's just it. These were quick. But when I was watching that, it dragged forever. Yeah. Though again, that one also shares a voice actor with this one. Seriously, that woman is in everything. I know. God, she's in everything. But um, she was Harley Quinn in that. I hope to meet her someday. Of course, famously, last year she went to Comic-Con as Harley Quinn. <laughs> Did she really? Yes. Nice. Wow. Perfect. I'm I'm just going to say pulled the look off. <laughs> just going to say. Yeah. But again, this is... This, I, I didn't mind this. I actually really... This was a fun... This is something fun and different. Um... Again, would I put it on the say the same tier as say Captain Underpants, which I also saw recently? No, but no. fun and and I appreciate fun. I appreciate some. I appreciate someone trying. So yeah, cute. I'll go with cute. I will say this about the third one. I know you guys have not seen it. It rounds out Sunset Shimmer's arc nicely. Then I may wind up watching it. I've, I've, you know, I don't have a lot to do right now, so I may watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Good enough is is what it, I guess that's kind of my review for this. Good enough is. Yeah. I love uh God, I love the music in the second one though. Oh yeah, the second one is like a lot better. Yeah. Like, if, it, if... It, it, some of it kind of reminded me of that uh, uh that one episode where Applejack sees a uh, like her old friend called her uh, called her Chura back at uh summer camp or whatever uh yeah like the, yeah. yeah 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 the like one that it becomes had that... like a singer yeah yeah her it's funny that the uh, next that the movie will actually have music from the uh person who did the theme song for six feet under what now yeah the uh the the uh movie the uh theatrical movie will have music from the uh woman that did the music for the uh theme song for six feet under see ya Yes. Sia did the theme song for Six Feet Under. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Oh my god. That was back when she was that was back when she was an indie artist who was extremely respected. Whoa. 
Like, I, I only know her because of the Hamilton mixtape. Uh, she does she does the cover of Satisfied. Again, I want to I, I want to say this is uh, this was a fun way to delve into the world of My Little Pony. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun cast. Um, mm-hmm. I got something out of it. Um, so yeah, I do recommend. As I said, these are these are not hard to find. If you're if you're going to kill time, sure, watch them. Yeah, they're, they're on Netflix. All four of them are. Yeah, yeah they're easy enough to do. Um, I had fun. I had fun with yeah. this. This was a fun cast. Um, again, not deep, not not the deepest things in the world, but that's fine. So yeah, uh, that's my review. As I said, I'm I'm gonna have to wrap things up. So thanks, Thomas, for coming on for this. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, finally had you on for some good ones. <laughs> we will, since this is gonna be released out of order, we won't do the standards. Um, but you can find us at filmroom.org. All right, I will talk to y'all later. Yep. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.